Welcome to Bad Science, the show that breaks down the science of a movie with a comedian and a scientist. Today, we're discussing Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. So I'll be asking about mandrake roots, basilisks, spiders, phoenixes, and much more. But first, a short word from our sponsor. Bad Science. Did the movie get it right? Bad Science. Or will we have to fight? Hi everyone, I'm your host Ethan Edinburgh and I've got two wonderful guests joining me today and I want to warn both of my guests not to spoil the Harry Potter's series for me. As I said last time we did a Harry Potter movie, this is my first time going through the entire series so let's keep it to the Chamber of Secrets secrets and not any more secrets about any of the other movies. First up, she's a developmental biologist and author of Lab Math, a handbook of measurements, calculations, and other quantitative skills for use at the bench and co-author of Ahead of the Curve, Hidden Breakthroughs in the Biosciences. It's our resident Harry Potter advisor, Dr. Danny Spencer-Adams. Hi, Danny. Hello, how are you? Oh, I'm doing so great. Today is just perfect, no tech issues. <laughs> um, last time we spoke, we were discussing, of course, the Harry Potter first movie, Sorcerer's Stone, I believe, and you had just discovered a new way to locate cancer cells. So I assume by now you've already cured cancer, so I just want to say congratulations and when is the Nobel Prize ceremony? Thank you so much. The committee is waiting for the pandemic to be over so that we can all, you know, go to Sweden and just really hang out together. Um, no, in fact, uh, I'm not there yet. It's a lot of work putting a new medicine or a new medical procedure out there. So still working on proving that my diagnostic works. Well, I'm just going to take your word for it. I know that it works. <laughs> I believe you tenfold. You don't need to test anything. So I don't know if you want me to sign a document or whatever, but confirmed it works excellent thank you and our next guest i'm so excited to have he is an amazing improviser and writer and all-around delightful human who just put out a fantastic short film called picnic if i'm saying that correctly it's ryan barton oh hey Ethan. you know thanks for having me again absolutely ryan it's great to have you i think last time we talked about honey i shrunk the kids uh another whimsical children's film <laughs> yeah you know i find on this podcast i learn a lot so i was very excited when he wanted to have me on again because i was like i'm I, this mind is nothing but ready to soak up information today yeah you're just a sexy sponge let's be honest and <laughs> this picnic uh am i saying it right by the way picnic yes, is that how you say picnic, it the, yes 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 fantastic love that name i want to say it as many times as possible um it feels like it was based on a bad date so i was wondering if maybe right up top here you could like sum up the worst date you've ever had oh my god the worst date you know it's crazy i didn't think i would have one but i do one came up to the surface the cream rose great <laughs> um, I, I knew it would yeah i remember like i was meeting this guy for a drink at a bar here in la and he just was like a genuinely awful person <laughs> like, <laughs> like from the start and like also like he just really wasn't that cute and i just remember like i was like you know i wonder how long I have to like stay. I think like nowadays mm -hmm. I would just be like, you know what, like pretty early. I wouldn't even finish the beer. I'd just be like, like he was like that bad of a person. It's a, it's a weird balancing act where you think you have to be nice and so you stay a long time. But in actuality, you're not really being nice to anybody. It's actually more polite to probably just say like, you know what, this isn't for me. I'm going to duck out. Oh, yeah. Just like preserve that energy, baby, you know? And like also, I'm sorry, but like no one on a first date 
should ever be nothing but wonderful. <laughs> it's true. Like, like, listen, aren't we just trying to trick each other? Like, let's just... <laughs> trick like, me a little bit, dude. <laughs> just trick me a little bit. Great advice, by the way, for everyone going out on first dates, especially during the quarantine. Just trick them. <laughs> so, listen, uh, my... Main question from the first Harry Potter, I feel like, was about the flying broomsticks. And we we tackled that, Danny, and you actually Mm -hmm. told us that we could actually fly on broomsticks. So if you guys are curious about that, listen to the first step. But for this one, I guess there was a lot of animal, much more animals in this one than I had predicted, I guess. And so I was wondering if you could tell us, like, what animal do you think was portrayed the most inaccurately? Like, we had giant snakes that kill you with their eyes, giant spiders that speak English and pretty bad at killing children, and a phoenix that can heal you with its tears. Well, you are also forgetting the most unrealistic animal, which is Hagrid's dog. (laughs) (laughs) That is a great dog. Was it Fang? Fang. Yeah, great name, too. Yeah. Um, Drool would be appropriate as well. Oh, that would have been great. Yeah. Well, I actually, I did some research on all three of those things. Fantastic. Off the top of my head, the spiders really can't get that big. And there's a couple of really interesting reasons for that. One of them is that their legs could not hold them up Mm -hmm. if they kept the same proportions they have now. And that has to do with the difference between your volume, okay, the amount of space you take up, and how strong your legs have to be. And when spiders are little, their legs are fine to hold them up. But as they get bigger, their weight increases much, much faster than the surface area. So if the legs got twice as long and the body got twice as big, it's actually becoming more and more out of proportion. It's becoming more and more too heavy for the legs. And what would actually happen Mm. is the legs would just buckle. Wow. So you need really big, strong legs, I guess. Yeah. Well, they need to get thicker. So they Mm. would need to, they would look like elephants. If they got bigger and bigger, their legs would have to get wider and wider and wider very fast. I don't know what's scarier. If it's like a big furry <laughs> elephant looking thing or or the I guess the spiders from the movie are scarier because an elephant to me can't move very fast, but those things were flying. Yeah, they were creepy. I even I got the willies a little bit watching that scene. I mean, why is that? Why are we so freaked out by these spiders? I'm including myself in this. I don't know. That's a psychology thing. And I know I've I've heard people talk about your reptile brain and stuff, Mm -hmm. but reptiles eat spiders. So I'm not sure. I don't understand that. Um, Very few. There's like 38,000 different kinds of spiders, of which 100 are bad, can can hurt you if they bite you. Oh, my God. So most spiders, totally fine. We've we've discussed this before. And I did because I can't remember what movie it was, but we were talking with a spider specialist and they were telling ah. me like, spider's no big deal. If you see a spider in your house, don't worry about it. But I'm still freaked out. I can't help it. It still, it still irks me. I actually had to take a look at myself. I'm one of those people that if I see a spider in the house, I will capture it and release it outside. Yes. And I discovered that the spiders that we call house spiders, mm-hmm. they actually are house spiders. And if you put them outside, they'll die. <laughs> You're <laughs> killing them either way. <laughs> Really, like, oh, okay. I I need to, you know, look at my assumptions. I'd like to think when I see spiders that 
like every time I think I'll do what Danny just said. Um, and every time I don't. You kill them. <laughs> I do. Since the beginning of March, since the pandemic started, I have become like a YouTube scientist Ooh. on spiders. Like I've watched Great. every YouTube ah. video on spiders, like literally LOL. My YouTube algorithm just gave me one yesterday and I was learning all about the Herculean tarantula in North wow. Brazil. The bird eating oh, tarantula. Yes. Anyway, my point is I have actually come to understand them a little bit more. Hence why in my shower window, I have a spider that I named Violet. Oh, and ah. I have not killed Violet, but I will say Violet was small and tiny and like, you know, she was fine. But now she's gotten a little crazy. Like just the other day I went in and like the web scenario is like a lot. It's like excessive now. <laughs> and I'm, I'm really, I'm wondering if like more people moved in. I'm just like, I'm not sure. But she's the longest spider I've had and haven't killed. Oh, that's so heartwarming well, to hear. Her. Yeah, good for her. Good for yeah. you. I hope Violet does not become violent against you. Same. I hope she just kills <laughs> little tiny pesks around your shower and house. And this actually segues us perfectly to a, a little quiz I want to do called A Few Tom Riddles. Oh, I love this. I love this. Now, I'm so in. These are not riddles. I just want to go ahead and start with that. I That was my original plan. And then I I'll realized... <laughs> Some I of it, want this to end. It's very... <laughs> <laughs> instantaneous regret some of this is it's riddle-esque it's riddle-ish but i'll pose this one to you and see if you can attack this with the exact name here ryan because you were talking about it the first question i had was what is 12 inches long eats birds and would lose in a fight against david oh 12 inches yeah oh my god i got it it is um a little mouse. I'm joking. It's the Herculean tarantula. <laughs> I'll, I'll give Danny a chance. Danny, would you like to venture a guess? Goliath something? Yes, that's correct. Goliath bird eater spider, the largest spider in the world. I love that. Um, I was trying to look up stuff about it, but it scared me. <laughs> um, okay, second, Tom Riddle. After swallowing this as a dare at a party, a young Australian man fell into a coma and died. Wow. Ryan, what do you think? Oh, I'm gonna guess. What is that? Oh, oh, mercury <laughs> from a thermostat. <laughs> mercury from a thermostat from Ryan Barton. I'm gonna guess a slug. A slug is correct. Oh my yeah. god. See, you gotta watch the movie right before. Wait, did oh, I didn't even remember the slug part. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's taken me this long, and this is why I'm not, you don't bring Ryan Barton to trivia, is it's taken me this long to realize if I just cross-reference the movie I just finished this morning, I should be able to answer some of these questions. <laughs> yeah, it is a slug. I was, yeah, basing it off the, uh, I, was, I was doing research based on people eating slugs or swallowing slugs and found that out. The slug was carrying rat lungworm uh. which the slug likely picked up from rat droppings uh. so don't eat slugs guys here's a quick health tip i found from the cdc people can avoid exposure to that rat lungworm parasite by avoiding raw or undercooked slugs snails frogs land crabs and freshwater shrimp <laughs> undercooked slugs I, i'm gonna ponder that <laughs> please do uh, can i just give a side little trivia to you two love that mm. yeah what is like one of the number one causes of death of humans? Okay, fun little podcast we got here. <laughs> um, it's not eating slugs. I'm guessing that. But it is 
You know what? It is slugs. It is slugs. Excuse me? What do you mean it is slugs? Yeah, it was kind of a wild. (laughs) So apparently there's like this like incredible info graph chart of like what people, you know, heart attacks, getting struck by lightning, getting your odds of getting eaten by like a shark or whatever. And like in the animal kingdom, slugs are like the number one kill humans the most. And like by a lot. What? And slugs. I, yeah, I think it's the um, like the sea slugs or like the conch shell slugs because they're poisonous. Oh, and like girl. and like they kill that like the rate of killing people is like not low. It's not like like you have a great chance of being stung by one of them and and dying. Uh. Okay, we we got to follow up on that. I need the numbers. I need the data. I will find. I, need, I will find I need the, the schematics and I will send it to you immediately. None of our sponsors are selling edible slugs, so don't worry about that. Um, I have one more, guys. One more Tom Riddle, and it's the most riddle-ish. Okay. Oh, I'm not going to get it. Because I love riddles, and I just thought I did such a crap job with these first two. I really got to give you a riddle. <laughs> what has a head, a tail, is brown, and has no legs? Anyone can answer at any moment. What has a head, a tail, is brown, and has no legs? Um... Well, uh, a coin, a penny. Oh, Ryan, yes. See, now real riddles, I'm really good at. <laughs> well done. The next time you're on, I'll gather a bunch of actual riddles. Hopefully, it's somebody has the name riddle in the movie so it connects. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, so um, we are, are going to take a, a quick break right here for a commercial. But real quick, I just want you guys to give me one out of 10. Where does Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets rate? Oh man, that's that's tough. Thank you. I asked the tough questions. <laughs> Can I subdivide it into categories? <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> that is such a science answer. I love it. <laughs> it is, isn't it? Um, I would I would put it maybe up there around a six or a seven. Okay, that makes total sense to me. Ryan Barton. I also was going to give it a six, then felt it was too low. I felt seven was too high, so I'm going to give it a six point five. Man, we all agree. I my number was a six point five. Oh That's my gosh. crazy! I love that. We all have all like right. same exact rating of this movie. Um, we should just give each other film recommendations. Apparently, we're on the same page. <laughs> Um, Okay, but uh, I do have a few more questions, so we'll take a quick commercial break and be right back. The break is over. Here we go. Back to the show about science. I have two different types of questions. I have silly, stupid movie questions for you guys, and then, of course, I have science questions. So since we discussed a little bit of science, let me just try to understand something real quick that was bothering me. Okay. And you guys tell me if it was bothering you. I was confused by the means of travel in this movie. Now, I get that the brick wall is like a secret portal to the magic train station, and that's cool, and I love that. But when they're trapped and they can't get through and it just becomes an actual brick wall, they simply catch up with the train. It's not another dimension. It's just like a few miles away. And if so, why not go to that station in the first place? Well, I have the same question Mm -hmm. and when you were just repeating it right there i was like my only and listen i haven't read the books so sorry i'm i'm of no help um i also want to apologize my only guess my only guess is it doesn't take place in a different dimension the platform nine and three quarters is merely like it just transports you maybe just to that station and yes maybe that station is like super far away and like super hidden okay 
I'll take it. I'm not happy with it, but I'll take it. <laughs> I thought about the flying car a lot, and I could not come up with a way you could make a car fly mm. the same way you can, you know, turn a broom sideways and spin it. So I think that one has to go down in there's really no way to do it. Okay. Yeah. I have seen some YouTube videos of flying cars, but they don't move like this car moves, obviously. Right. I would think they had wings and jet propulsion. Yes, most of them. Yeah. Or they look like big flying drones, basically. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But also, and this is when I was watching this, I was like, we can't, like we at this podcast cannot really comment, I don't think, on the movement of the car because magic is in play here. Mm. And we do not know the rules of sure. quote unquote magic. You know absolutely. what I mean? Absolutely. That's absolutely correct. And I'm down with all that stuff. I'm down with the flying car. I just didn't like how when they didn't go through the brick, in my head, I was like, oh, they're screwed. I don't know of any other way they can get to the train station. And then they just found the train. So I was like, oh, okay. So it's just a few miles down the block. I don't know. I thought that was a little strange. Um, And then I wanted to discuss Quidditch, the game that they play with the brooms that we're talking about, because... They're playing this game that's supposed to be competitive and I guess somewhat important in front of a bunch of wizards who all know magic. And then people are like shocked when there's cheating. <laughs> like you're asking for cheating, right? Like yeah. how is that not to be expected? So I'll one up that and say my problem is when the cheating happened, you have literally... 19 grand wizards sitting in a in a thing like who could i assume instantly and immediately stop said magic cheating right so like that bothered me because to me hogwarts always feels like the adults know what's going to happen but they like really let the children suffer like through <laughs> what they need to suffer through that was the backbone of this movie. There was several times where the adults were face to face with the decision of like we are not safe here. There is some shit going down. There's literally blood on the walls <laughs> and people being petrified. We can't possibly keep the kids here, comma, let's keep the kids here. Right. Send them to their towers. They'll be safe as long as they're in their dormitories. Yeah. It should be chill, I think was the official decision. <laughs> yeah. Magic is so... Magic Magic is interesting. It's interesting. <laughs> Did you ever want to be a magician? Mm -hmm. There was a character in this that's like a kind of typical showboat magician guy. <laughs> Ethan, you bother me so much when you call him a magician because in this world, <laughs> he is not a wizard. Magician. Whatever. He's a wizard. They are all wizards. Wizard. But he seems to be based on magicians from my world. <laughs> I'm okay with us being like he's based on those magicians, but like I really got to keep us in this in this world here, you know? Okay, no problem. So here, well, let's punch this in. So the magician wizard <laughs> makes <laughs> Harry Potter's bones disappear. Oh, so I had a question about that. that like, yeah, what would happen if the bones of our arms disappeared? Um, well, for me, that's a question about regeneration. Mm. We're getting really close to being able to trick the body into regenerating just about anything. Was that through stem cells? Um, stem cells are part of it, but it's more, um, this goes back to my field, the bioelectricity part. Mm. So, of course, that's the part I'm interested in. But what we've shown is that... that selfish of you, by the way. <laughs> you know, this is my 15 minutes. So, <laughs> um, so I, I did this with uh, tadpoles, actually, tadpole tails. Mm. But there's sort of different ways of going about healing. 
one is to try to get in there and sort of micromanage and or you know give it a message but another way is to try and induce the body to heal itself and humans actually do have the ability to regenerate things you probably know you can regenerate your liver but what we've found is that you can give it a little electrical signal like a little electrical switch you turn on and you can induce things to grow back and when i was doing it with um tails we just gave it one little message and the whole tail grew back with its you know blood vessels and its nerves and all that stuff um and it's already been done with frogs legs they're trying now with mice but basically the idea is you know we already know the body knows how to do it we have all the genes we need to do that let's just figure out how to to talk them into doing it and electricity seems to be one way to do that Man, our bodies sound like such divas. Like they know how to do it and they won't until you talk them into it. <laughs> it's true. They have these little, you know, you, you got to make it worth my while kind of. Ugh, I need my arm again, you jerk. <laughs> I would very selfishly use regeneration to just like prevent an adult hangover. Mm-hmm. That's a smart move. Then you can just drink away all night and not worry about it. Yeah. Just grow a new brain every morning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would have to do that. I have to do that now. Actually, it's probably your liver that gets damaged by too much drinking and the liver is regenerating itself. So you never know. Well, trust me, I had a joke prepped and ready for that one, but we moved too fast past it. So oh. I, 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 I bit onto my tongue, which I'm regrowing right now, baby. <laughs> you bet. <laughs> Transformed into a new joke, Ryan Martin. <laughs> I'm sorry if I stepped on it. Oh no, I, you are wonderful and saying so many interesting things. I'm I'm engaged. <laughs> okay, well we have to take another break, but stay tuned because right after this commercial, we're going to hear that awesome liver joke from Ryan Martin. <laughs> <laughs> I really hate you. The break is over. Here we go, back to the show about science. And we're back. People are chanting for this liver joke. Ryan, give it to them. <laughs> how can I? What's the lead in? I'll be your straight Okay, man. yeah. Yeah, so, exactly. How can she say so this Danny, What is she This say? is, you know, it's it's less than a joke as, it's, as it is a bit. But Danny, if you could just really um, prep me by saying, just re-get in there that your liver can reheal itself. <laughs> Well, uh, yeah, I think if people know that anything can regenerate, uh, people most people know that your liver can regenerate. Oh, well, Danny, if that's the case, I'm just going to go ahead and re-pick up this whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> and then we need just a cluster of, of sound effects here. So I'm talking, about, I'm talking to the editor now. Yeah, we need a drum roll. We need fireworks, uh, like a big, like... Oh my god! I um, I think this is the last podcast I'll be doing because <laughs> you can't top it. Yeah, that's that is the reason why. Yes. So you mentioned the mandrake root. So I wanted to also just ask about like obviously I think I would go out on a limb and say that no roots scream or make loud high pigeon noises. If I'm wrong, please correct me. And then I just wanted to ask like what root heals us the most? Like what what is most similar to like some you know, magical root. I'm going to push that in a slightly different direction. Sweet. <laughs> um, so, no, I absolutely agree. I, To my knowledge, there are no roots that scream, but interestingly, it can work in reverse. So there are plants that respond to sound. Mm-hmm. So for example, there's some kind of lily. And if you if you sing a perfect middle C at it, it will release its pollen. What? No. Danny, do not come on here with your <laughs> snake works. oil. I've seen my husband did it. He sang 
to the lily and it pollinated at him. But it has to do with actually what they're picking up on is vibrations. And that's one of the ways, for example, that bees get covered with pollen. So the flapping of the bee wings- There's a perfect C. Yeah, they can sense that vibration. And it triggers them to release their pollen, or I guess some actually will respond by you know, having sap come up. So yeah, it does go the other direction. The plants will respond to sound, which I think is incredibly cool. Okay, everyone, raise your hand if you're gooped and gagged by that statement, because <laughs> I am gooped and gagged. <laughs> totally gooped and gagged. I Honestly, I think it's highly probable that Danny's just pranking us right now. I, I am prankster. not. She's a prankster. I, <laughs> You gotta look up. I, I wish I had that talent. I'm just too much of a nerd. I just think the way it really is is so cool. Um, yeah, that is fascinating. Um, I've never heard of that, and yeah. I'm gonna have to go down some sort of YouTube hole to watch. You know, seal and share sing to plants, which I hope that they've done. <laughs> see that happen. Um, okay. I was curious. I mean, I'm assuming there's no parcel tongue. Parcel tongue in Harry Potter is the snake language, how to, how to communicate oh, with yeah. snakes. But how do snakes communicate? I know some of them do hiss. A rattlesnake has a rattle, which I assume is just for like a defensive survival tactic. But yeah, how what what is that like in the snake world? Uh, again, I'm going to push it the direction I want it to go. I love that. <laughs> I don't actually know how they how they interact with each other. Um, most snakes are loners anyway, um, but they have to get together to mate. So there must be. My guess is it's a chemical signal. Ah, pheromones. Um, a pheromone, something like that, or uh, another way that it can happen is they meet up in one place. There's one place that the snakes are kind of driven to go. The snake. And pit. when they all end up there, they can they can mate. The snake hole. <laughs> I, I got interested, though, in snake hearing because of the basilisk. You know, he's he's blind. Harry blinds mm. the basilisk, which is actually a kind of lizard, not a kind of snake. Mm. But he says, who is it? Is it Tom Riddle? Yeah. Who then says, you can run, but you can't hide because he'll hear you. Right. Yes. <laughs> I, I laughed at that moment, I got to say. <laughs> well, it turns out I mean, snakes can hear. But they don't have outer ears. They only have inner ears. Mm -hmm. Their hearing's not great. And actually what was wrong with that particular moment in the movie is that snakes have very good chemical sensors. And so the basilisk would have known Harry was there. Mm. Um, by smell, maybe, or by... By smell. He would by, absolutely know he yeah, was there, I was going to sure. say, they, they don't... Or, like, I, I'm assuming, like, they don't... I don't think they hear... From all the nature documentaries. Um, I was like, I don't think they hear, because, like, they sense through, like, yeah, chemicals, pheromones, vibrations, and, like, heat. And, like, they smell through their tongue, right? So it's like... They do have chemo... Harry's yeah. a goner. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I can get technical here with you. So smell and taste are the same thing. They're both chemoreception. Mm. They're both sensing chemicals. You know how I know um, that? And it's... hearing is just vibration. Hold so... on, hold on. I don't want to miss another joke and then have to shut him up. So let him go. <laughs> Sorry. I don't want to interrupt you. I, I was just gonna... Here you go again. Here's here's the here's the setup. <laughs> okay. So yeah, so actually um smelling and taste are the same thing. Oh, you know, you know, Danny, I already knew that because they both got stripped from me when I got COVID earlier on uh, this year. <gasps> And I was like, oh. that's so crazy that I can't smell anything anymore. And what I can taste is, oh, it's directly linked to the olfactory receptors. How interesting. Man, what a sad joke. What, are you okay? <laughs> can you smell and taste now? Oh, I've recovered actually just this month. Jeez. It was very weird. 
peanut butter and Coke just tasted like chemicals to me after that oh. incident. And like, you know, maybe other foods, I just haven't like been able to try them. But like recently, like within the, the past like two weeks, they tasted fine. And I was like, that's crazy, which means it's all coming back. It just took like nine months. Wow. I'm glad you're back. Wow. Anyway, guys, how was the joke worth the interruption? I guess I'll have to ask. Uh, yeah. I like that story. Me, me too. Anytime I can hear about you getting COVID, it's like, hell yeah. <laughs> I was thinking it was nice to hear a story about someone who got fully better. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Any yeah. mention of peanut butter and Coke, too, it's like, I'm in. Sleepover. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Do you guys know about miracle fruit? Yeah, miracle berries? Yes. Miracle berries. You do? Yes, they change. Do you want to explain what they do? Well, you could probably do a better job at it than I, but I think, I, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I think they change or bind certain receptors in your tongue that make like sour taste sweet Ooh. or something like that, Switch right? That's exactly right. I could not have said it better. Oh, Danny, we, you know what? I don't know. I don't want to throw this out there, but I'm sensing a first date coming after this. <laughs> I'm there. Okay, great, great. <laughs> oh, so go ahead, Danny. Sorry, we stopped you. Oh, no, I was, I, it just reminded me that when you said that the Coke and the peanut butter tasted wrong because mm. the miracle flute the protein that does it is called miraculin mm. and it's like a party game you can buy it on the on the web in little tablets wow. and then you just roll it around in your mouth for a while and then if you bite into a lemon it tastes like a lemon lollipop oh it's, my it's God. the weirdest sensation i'm gonna get that right after this my friends and i in college ordered them off the internet and yeah. we like all we like bought all the things like we bought like the sodas that they said we should buy like the lemon <laughs> we got like some candy we got some like really weird like bitter stuff and we just like went to town and it was like it wasn't to the effect that i wanted it to be but it was definitely like it worked it's really weird i can't wait to try that um i thought it was interesting danny how you said that the the thing that was most wrong with that scene we were talking about where uh the snake is following harry and tom riddle shouts at him that you know he can hear you because for me i felt like what was most wrong was tom riddle showing his own anagram in the sky with like fire letters <laughs> that uh -huh. i am voldemort uh ordeal uh -huh. so i just have to mention that and if that bothered either of you i didn't even know he had a middle name. I just <laughs> was watching like Harry Potter with the diary and just this guy says, hey, I'm Tom Riddle. And then next thing I know, he has like a weird middle name, which just so happens to fill in all the letters that he needs to write. <laughs> I am Voldemort. I just kind of wanted to be able to write my name that way. My name has no interesting anagrams. Really? You've tried? Yeah. There's so many letters. There's a lot of letters. It helps if you add the Spencer in the middle. Sure. Well, that clearly Tom Riddle did. Yeah. I'm, I will... You can go, you can play with it yourself. It does, there is an obscene thing. <laughs> everybody, I, I assume everybody's name anagrams to something obscene. I'm doing mine right now. <laughs> I guessed. <laughs> we're we're going to have to get into this, Ryan. Uh, do you have like half an hour after the podcast for us to just try to figure out interesting <laughs> anagrams with Danny Spencer Adams? <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> okay, it'll be worth it. Um, you got to go back to the basilisk though, because I have a great story for you about about that. Yeah, yeah, no, please. Basilisk, my life away. So the basilisk, um, it was a toss up whether I told you that what was more wrong, the spider or the snake. Mm. Uh, the first thing is the size. Uh, it was too big for any known snake, but there are fossilized remains of a snake that was 40 feet long. <gasps> um, so snakes did, there were 
enormous snakes, you know, mi- millions of years ago, which I thought was kind of cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, mm. anaconda style. Which they would they would have had to have been because everything else was huge, right? Yeah. You got to be big or you're out. Definitely. Although I think, aren't they finding now tiny little dinosaurs? Like the pre-birds were actually, you know, like 10 inches tall. Mm. I, don't I don't know. There's some, there's dinosaur stuff out there that I don't know. 10 inches sounds pretty big to me. 10 inch bird. If you put that in my room, I'm going to freak out. <laughs> Chicken. <laughs> yeah, that's or a good joke. That's a good joke. Should we do it again? Should I say it again? Writer's brain joke. That was so good. Uh, you know, you've, I've waited for years for that setup. <laughs> for someone to say a ten-inch bird would freak me out. <laughs> yeah, but I'm I'm never gonna forget it. Okay, great. So I actually I looked up where the basilisk came from in the books. Mm, okay, and some wizard. Going to use the right terminology. Some wizard named Herpo put a chicken egg underneath a toad and what hatched was the basilisk this is like mythology this is i think this is harry potter mythology oh harry potter mythology because i I think it's harry potter mythology i thought the basilisk was a real you know kind of like the phoenix it's like a mythical creature it is it is um i don't think it's a chicken egg toad thing right um but what's so cool about that idea is that chickens birds in general um, they actually do have genes that have been shut down over time, but they do have the ability to grow teeth hmm. and they still have the gene, but it's turned off in the place where teeth would form. And about 2006, some people were studying um, some mutant chicks and one of, the, one of them lost its beak. Its beak fell off and he picked it up and he noticed that there was teeth in the beak. And he realized that this mutation also caused um, this gene, it's called telpid, which is not particularly useful, but that gene was turned on in the place where the teeth should form. And so they ended up with birds with teeth. And the really cool part about it is these teeth, they may be our best way of understanding what bird teeth were like 80 million years ago. Very much like the basilisk teeth, actually. Ryan, we need to write a horror comedy where <laughs> there's a bunch of birds with teeth attacking us and Danny will consult you and you'll make sure that we're doing it right. I hate to be this guy. Oh, here we go. But there's already a huge franchise called Jurassic Park. And <laughs> Okay, hold on. Let me write this down. It did so well, Ethan. You have to check it out. It is so good. And, and it's just um, the premise is all just there's big birds with teeth. Yeah, I would say they lack a little bit on the on the comedy side of things, but um, the <laughs> sounds funny. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's hilarious when we talk about it. But you could tell, you could tell the the voice just wasn't quite right. Okay, well, next idea then. So, okay, so this is a this is a science question for you, Danny. Does this then mean if this is happening or like this mutation is like now activated? Is this like it like dying off or is this like it being reignited? Meaning, you know, let's just say like years and years and years from now, like the chickens escape from the lab. Yeah, yeah, like or just like through natural I don't know, like do birds like all of a sudden start gaining teeth again? Uh I know and I can tell you the reason in the chicks but I expect it's the same for all birds. The reason that it's a very, very rare mutation and you don't find it in the wild. And the reason is because, or you find very few in the wild. 
whatever gives them teeth also makes it impossible for them to hatch. Oh, that is a twist. So yeah, so they can't uh, they they can't actually hatch. I, I'm not too worried about being overrun by chickens with teeth. Okay, but let me throw this at you. What if there's a crazy, freaky, creepy scientist who loves these teethy birds yeah. and he 3D prints them and oh. they wreak havoc on a small town? Uh, you know, it's it's Alfred Hitchcock all over again. I, uh, I mean, Ryan, are you listening to this? We have comparisons to Alfred Hitchcock, Jurassic Park, huge franchise. Yeah, I think I think you are just out of original ideas. Is <laughs> what? what I'm learning? Yeah, birds of <laughs> It's a combination of everything everyone loves. Yeah, <laughs> listen, I know. Before we even started this podcast, you were like, before you even knew about Harry Potter, you were like, I just like love the idea of. A train and a platform and lots of magicians running a school. Yep, I was. I, that's exactly what I was thinking, actually. I had like a whole outline. I had like an eight movie outline written out. And then I went, okay, well, now I'm screwed. <laughs> well, you would be. Well, actually, people would be interested in that because technically there's only seven books and seven movies, but the seventh one got broken into eight, two parts. So there are eight. So like, I do genuinely mm. wonder, like, what is that eighth movie that you wrote? For me, the eighth movie was actually that they all join a basketball team team and they go up against the USA Dream Team. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a departure. This feels like an original Ethan <laughs> Ethan idea. It was kind of like a weird like Space Jam magician thing, but I don't know. Honestly, it's the worst one, so probably won't <laughs> yeah. get made. Um, I, have, I have so many more questions, but we're running out of time, so I'll have to have uh, you back, Danny, for whatever the third Harry Potter movie is. I'm in. And since you are taking this train we'll stick to the train uh, analogy here with the harry potter movies as i am i think that's really fun and exciting we're both watching them for the first time ryan yeah it sounded like because i didn't i had no idea what you meant when we were texting but you said that you're gonna get your uh moaning uh what was her name moaning moaning myrtle Myrtle. on i was like i don't know what the hell he's talking about maybe that's a (laughs) reference to something i don't get and then obviously got it while watching the movie so what I'm getting to is like, you've seen this before. Have you seen all of them already? And if so, what's what should we look out for? Like, which one should we be like looking forward to the most? Interesting. I think from a scientific standpoint, I'm trying to like run through that because I haven't watched them all in a very long time. I would say from a scientific standpoint, some of the ending ones might be really interesting. Okay. Um, Don't give anything away. Okay, yeah, I will. I will. I, I almost did. Um, okay, then I guess that's all I could say, really. <laughs> Were those your favorite ones? Did you feel like, wow, they really ended on the highest note? Oh, I thought the ending was great. I really loved it. I just think, I just think science-wise, physics-wise, the endings have some like really cool stuff they got going on that I would be interested in learning about it from a science um, standpoint. Okay, right um, now in my head, just so you know, it's basically interstellar, but just with well, you little British kids. <laughs> got it, got it. I will say to both of you, um, I think you have two more movies that are like the kid movies and then the fifth movie gets really fun because they start to get darker because they're all grown up Mm. Ah. and i think like that i really enjoyed because it like feels more real and like at this point the actors like they really are vibing with each other you know i can't wait for harry potter 5 meth and mafia (laughs) (laughs) oh my god it's breaking bad yeah it sounds so cool um ryan 
where can people watch Picnic and and keep up with all of your lovely madness? Sure, I would say what am I most? I'm most active probably on Instagram, and the handle would be Rybrator R R Y B R A T O R. I just needed a, something catchy. Yeah, it is catchy. Rybrator with yep. two R's, right? Yes, at the beginning. Is that because there was another Rybrator? You know, there absolutely was, and it's devastating <laughs> every time. <laughs> Well, um, I hate that person, but the Rybrator with two R's, you should definitely follow. Ryan is fantastic. And and Dr. Danny Spencer Adams, where can people find you? Obviously, they should buy both of your books. Uh, buy my books. Um, yeah, I think there's, if you're a scientist, then the lab math book is is the one you want. Um, I also co-edited um, two volumes of a series that are, it's just re printing of really cool science that kind of got lost in the shuffle. Mm -hmm. And so we we uh, did a book, they're called Ahead of the Curve. And there's some really fun stuff that people have done that didn't get followed up on for one reason or another, but the questions are still out there. So that's a good one. Fantastic. The, the Ahead of the Curve series. Ahead of the Curve. Thank you so much for joining me and talking about this Chamber of Secrets and opening up your own personal Chamber of Secrets to me. <laughs> If you want to put it that way, okay. Well, I mean, okay. <laughs> this is that's how I'm going to intro the whole podcast. Is like you, you could get to hear Ryan and Danny's as dark as Chamber of Secrets. Uh, no, thank you for taking the time. Thank you for joining me. I had so much super fun, and uh, have a good rest of your day. And Ryan, I'll talk to you whenever. And Danny, I'll talk to you next Harry Potter movie. Uh, looking forward to it. All right, thanks, guys. Nice to meet everyone. Nice to meet you too, Ryan. Bye. Bad Science is a Seeker podcast produced by Emily Feld and me, Ethan Edinburgh. Our editor is Lucas Bollinger, and our social media is managed by Blue Whale Media. Shout out to EJ and Kate. And the executive parcel tongue deucer is Brett Kushner. Oh, follow us on Instagram at BadSciencePod. If there's a movie you'd like us to discuss on the podcast, feel free to email at BadScienceAtSeeker.com. That's BadScienceAtSeeker.com. And please leave us an iTunes review. Give us five stars. I sound like an Uber driver. But it does help. It makes sure people know about the podcast, which we really appreciate. Thanks for listening. Bye.